0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: We got live baseball games to talk about in spring training. We have a live pitch clock to talk about, too. All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday night, everybody! Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by FanTrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest, best ball contests in the industry. I am Scott Jenstad. Joined as always on Sunday nights by uh, Jeff Erickson. Jeff, five weeks in, I finally didn't trip my words in the intro. This is a is a, is a big moment. You're hitting your stride, dude. Yeah. It's early. Don't it's, you're it's, peaking it's, too soon. Yeah, as you say, it's almost March. It only took about a only took a little bit more than a month for me not to mess up the first two sentences of the podcast.
2: Hey, achievement unlocked.
1: Yeah how are you
2: i'm good i'm good i would have been better if eric cole would have made that putt on the playoff hole and we would you know moved on and won or or chipped better uh, when he had a chance uh, on 18 lots of things that could have gone a little bit better on that one there but still i got a guy that finished second up fresh off the waiver wire
1: so that uh, was yeah. good I not golf related. You, I I mean, not baseball is- related but hey sorry I- I crunched the numbers and on golf league, it's February 26th, and I'm actually mathematically eliminated. That's a pretty impressive. Dude, the standings.
2: Yeah, you're having a rough run. That's like it's, me in the one and done contest. I'm just terrible. It there. is.
1: It is. It's gone sideways really fast. We had a couple really big purses in there too that like separated everybody even more. And it's. I uh, well, we got a lot left still, dude. A lot. A lot, left a lot left less. I, I, I obviously kid, but wow, it's been a bad start there. Yep. But uh, anyway, we are uh, we're here to talk a, a bunch of baseball. We've got. Uh, Actual games t- taking place in spring training, it's always a, always a fun thing when you flip on the TV and there's actually games being played. But uh, I wanted to ask you, in spring training, you know, you hear all this noise. You see Vlad go hit two home runs, and you see you know, see Jason Dominguez hit a home run. What do you pay attention to in spring? I mean, th- throw injuries out of this, because obviously we know that if someone gets really hurt, that obviously impacts everything. But what do you take away from the actual gameplay results? How guys look? Is it anything at all? If, if so, what is it?
2: Yeah, it's a lot of things. I, this is where I even, I prepared, Scott. I looked at the outline wow. and I actually wrote notes this time. You
1: told me you wrote notes before we started actually getting on here, and I just, I, it, it's hard for me to believe. And Straight I'm up, yes, I is understand.
2: That awesome. yeah. just shows my dedication to the craft uh, <laughs> all these years. Uh, the fact that I had to highlight it is, makes make, reveals well, what a sham I am. Be I, fair, am, you
1: brought, I wasn't going to bring it up first. You brought it up, so we're good. All
2: right, so uh, there was a you know Susan Slosser note today uh, on ah. Sean Manaya and how he was hitting 94 to 96, uh, which is, well above what he normally works at typically this time yeah. of year it's 89 to 90 is he peaking early is he is he trying to turn over new leap with a new team trying to show that he's ready uh embarrassed after last year i could see that or did he go to did he go to driveline you're gonna see a lot of did he go to driveline he, he did thing. go to driveline yeah I, you're gonna he, see a lot of that
1: he credited uh, he actually credited driveline as quote afterwards it's uh it's uh, I think it's uh, one of those drinking game things at this point on Twitter with driveline. It,
2: it is. Um, it, so, oh, and it doesn't have to be driveline. It could be like the wake forest thing that Ian Anderson did, you know? Oh Yeah, that's right. Um, just point is you have to be like showing like, okay, well he did this extra work, put it in the extra work in the off season. I like seeing that. I think yeah. that's a good thing. Working on a new pitch. You know, uh, it, it can be uh, we're adding a new one, reintroducing an old one that you haven't used. I did a note on Luke Weaver today. I mean, come on, it's Luke Weaver, but Trying to work in a curveball because guess what? The fastball got cuffed around a lot last year. So you better have a, a curveball, and he barely threw it last year. So, okay, that could work. Batting orders, that matters a little bit. Uh, uh, Yoshida, there was a note on him saying he's probably yeah. not going to lead off after all. That changed my projection for him a little bit, gave him fewer runs, fewer plate appearances for a little bit for that matter, yeah. too. Uh, that matters. Defense, player playing a new position. If you remember Eugenio Suarez playing shortstop for the Reds, do you remember do. how well that went and how it destroyed his uh, his batting season too? Uh, Spencer Steer today had you know one error and another misplay, and he, he's trying to win the third base job. He's not a full-time third baseman, so that's something to watch a little bit there. Those are two Reds examples. You can see that in a lot of different places. So you definitely look for players playing out of position a little bit there. Um, and I, you know, I think those are the main things. Uh, K percentage, if you're looking for a stat, K, you know, swinging strike rate and K percentage, those stabilize pretty quickly. Eric Segris did something on the site a long time ago. It,
1: pitchers it was, and hitters, or one or the pitchers. other? I'm okay. going pitchers here, okay. but
2: okay. I, I, it might apply to hitters too. Okay. Uh, but if you're getting, you know, in the, we're going to talk about Trevor Rogers late, uh, later on. Uh, that's on our list. Uh, you know, spoiler yeah. alert, but his swinging strike rate dropped a ton last year. Yeah. And, if he's getting swings and misses in spring training and it's back at the rate where he, when he was so good in 2021, you'll have my attention.
1: Yeah, I think the 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 adding a pitch thing is really interesting to me too because like you want to adding a pitch is great, but he's got to be able to do it well. And I think you and yeah. I talked. God, I COVID like makes time go away now, but I think it was like three years ago we we're sitting before the main event. We were talking about Frankie Montas and like the whole thing was a splitter and like guys in the team are like not only is this a new pitch, but this is like a nasty pitch. Right. I mean, we both ended up taking him. He. Pitched really well till he got suspended, but he was really, really good that year, and it was because of that splitter. You look at that splitter, like the swing strike weight was huge on it. He was really good, so it's a combo of you know, and you want to you want to see it, and you want to read about it too a little bit. So you want a little bit of both, but uh, you like you like here uh, uh, they had the the clip of uh, Andrew Painter throwing throwing a Charles, uh, Kyle Schwarber the other day, and Schwarber hit a home run, but like. You hear guys, they talk about Peyton, like, oh my God, this guy's for real. It doesn't seem like he's 19. Like guys talking about players like that's kind of interesting to me too. I don't, I don't read, you know, obviously they're gonna be nice about their teammates and stuff. I don't, I don't pay to guys talking about themselves, but guys talking about their teammates, I do a little bit when it comes to stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. And if you do a blanket dismissal of everything that happens in spring training, you're going to miss out uh
1: does now one day someone's hitting third in the lineup you move them up five rounds Your usually like there's there you gotta be I mean, with lineup stuff you want to see it consistently but you can see a manager like there are there are games that where they throw games away like oh uh, there's six guys not starting but there are games when everybody's starting and you're like oh well this i can see that what the manager's thinking in this regard and who he's hitting where and it does uh, it does bring some value in there with with the lineup stuff and you yeah see, absolutely
2: and we track that, by the way, on yeah. RotoWire. Uh, you get the la- even in spring training, you get like the last five days worth of the lineups there, and that's really, you know, I think that's valuable. Uh, and you can check that out. Among that's one of the things you can find on RotoWire, RotoWire.com/slash/pod. Get that free trial, a peek behind the paywall. Uh, many, many things that we have on the site, but that's one. Uh, Mike Curlin was always good at that. He was one yeah. of the guys that you know he made a a bigger name for himself. He was already, you know, was already doing podcasts by the time, but. That caught fire, him like being on top of everything there. Um Peter asked about uh, Yoshida. Yeah, we mentioned that. Yeah, does that matter that he's not necessarily – Yes, I think it does matter Um, because it's just fewer at plate appearances, fewer chances to run. Maybe you give him more RBI and fewer runs because he's going to be a middle-of-the-order hitter instead of a leadoff hitter. This could also change on April 9th also, that Alex Cora could be lying the whole time or just changes his mind. But the
1: fact he came out and said it means, like, it's obviously in his yeah. head he's thought about it. So that was uh, – it was it was definitely an, an interesting quote there. And It's funny you brought Manai at the beginning. I mean, think with Manai is – Manai is a different pitcher Whereas his velocity is. Like, he's had success in the past when he's been at 92, 93, and then when he gets down to 90, 91, he becomes much more hittable. You know, his stuff – the rest of his stuff doesn't work as well. I've, I've sat up close to watching Manai pitch, and when he's throwing 92, 93, you're like, wow, this guy could be really, really good. And then you watch him up close at eighty and you're like, wow, I don't know how this guy gets anybody out. It's weird that three miles an hour does that. But man, if he was really throwing 94 95, he becomes a completely different pitcher for a no to hitter. Try and predict. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Against the Red Sox. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Came close to a perfect game, if I recall yeah. correctly.
1: But I remember opening weekend uh, a few years ago, Christy and I, my wife, where I were like third row in the coliseum, which you know, I'm really hard ticket to get. I'm not bragging about that, but I mean, and you're up close. And you're like he was throwing 92. You're like this guy. I don't know how he hits this guy. Like he let he feels like he lets the ball go from a foot in front of you because he's so big when he when he's throwing hard, and it's just he's it's just amazing what a difference uh, what a difference is, and, that, and that's one guy where. Velocity has been a key factor in how good he's been each and every year.
2: Absolutely. And two miles an hour makes that much of a difference. That's the funny thing too.
1: It makes it makes suddenly makes your changeup look better, makes your slide, look, makes makes everything look better. Uh, our friend Justin Mason asked, uh, "Where does Andrew Painter go in the main events?" Uh, I promise that is someone we'll be discussing a little bit later. Here we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do late pitchers and late relief or late pitchers, so late starters and late relievers. So we will talk about uh, Painter. Obviously, whether Painter makes the uh, makes the opening day roster and is the fifth starter makes it massive. His, his price will jump. Exceptionally high uh, from where it is now. If he, if he if he gets named the fifth starter over uh, over Falter, so uh, that that'll be a lot of uh, how he looks. But then you know what they decide to do, and they send him back down, um, or he's going to you know eh, we'll give him two months in the minors. I mean, he's nineteen. That's uh, it's pretty well. Yeah. I think he turns twenty pretty soon. But uh, another guy like be-
2: that uh, is Ben Joyce on the Angels too.
1: The guy that almost took Mookie Betts' head off in the first yes. pitch of the game today. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, that guy. Uh yeah. There's some talk about him being
2: in the closer mix. I mean, they drafted him for that express purpose. So draft him in the third round. He throws up to 105 did by the way, go one, two, three inning, two strikeouts and a pop-up. So, you know, it's way too early to make anything out of that. I gave him a projection for half a season, but another one of those guys you got to watch for.
1: Was he that Tennessee guy that throws 105? Is that where you came came from? Okay. I remember that's the one. That's the very same. I remember the Tennessee guy that came in and literally was gassing 105. You're like, what the heck is going on here? So, um yeah interesting uh the other thing i uh, obviously the the big note this weekend what uh what do you think about the uh, about the pitch clock um growing pains you know I, i'm i so i came
2: into this being against it in the first place okay. just for the record uh i don't think we need to hurry up games that much yes there are times when in late games where you know there's a lot of too much stalling i get that I, I really don't, you know, you're seeing a lot of prejudged opinions out there. Todd and I were talking about that on the Sirius XM show today. The fans seemed more engaged. You know, this how? <laughs> really? After it one is, day?
1: Especially in spring training. No one's engaged in spring training. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Call B- I don't care me. if
1: it's slow or fast. I've been to many, many years of spring training. We go almost every year. No one's engaged in spring training. You're there having a, having some drinks, hanging out with friends. You might be watching some rookies in the first things, but nobody's engaged in spring training. Right. And I don't,
2: want to be hurried i want to have my second beer third beer as the case may be uh when i'm at a game especially but i guarantee you know all the you know the people that work the game whether they're players and not even necessarily players but you know rights holders managers beat writers especially they want the quicker game and i appreciate they got a job to do and no one wants them to you know because it's not just the game itself i get that and there's nothing worse than step off, step off, lob, throw to first, all that stuff I get. I don't know. It seems a little tight seeing that one game get finished because the batter wasn't yeah. looking at the pitcher like, eh, I, 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 that's, it strikes me as a little bit of an up show, but I understand they have to call it now because if you're going to call in the season. Um, it's kind of like uh you know the the holding play in the Super Bowl. It's a if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. You know, it's a you know if it's a violation here, it's a violation now that anytime. So I get it, but no one wants to see a game in that way.
1: Yeah, so I'm a little different than you. I uh I actually kind of liked it, but I think it's about three seconds too fast, which means maybe it's five seconds. I agree. Like I think that I there's I love games, I love being games, but like when there's guys walking on the mound for a minute and a half, I'll admit that drives me crazy. Like I suddenly I find myself getting a little bit bored and i'm like i just and but it felt like some of these games like the pitcher was grabbing the ball and like going and throwing right and like he was really worried about and i think they'll get used to it at some point and get better at like you know snapping it i say snapping it snapping it with one second left like every nfl team does at pitching it with two seconds left because there's a lot of guys i felt like were throwing it at seven or eight seconds left and it felt really really hurried to me so. yeah
2: well some of that was by design too like uh i, read I think a it was story nick Scherzer. oh was, it? was okay. experimenting he goes I can, can i can i start my wind up at eight and he goes yeah you can but has to be at eight You can't do it before that. Uh, And he purposely wants to throw the pitcher, the batter's timing off because of that. Uh, The funny, the one I saw that caught my eye was James, James Karen He does a lot of fidgety stuff. He does. Yeah. He asked for a new ball (laughs) um, and they didn't stop the clock. Oh, kept rolling. Um, And he got, it was on a one, two count. And all of a sudden it was two, two. um, And then he struck him out anyhow. Uh, But it was pretty funny, but yeah, that there, I think pitchers are experimenting with ways to kind of delay. Yeah. Do I ask for a new ball? Do I, you know, does the catcher lob it back to the pitcher? As Todd was saying, that there's some anecdotes about like minor leaguers seeing that lob back to the pitcher and stealing the delayed steal oh, yeah. when they see that there. Does
1: it start? It starts when the pitcher catches it or it starts when the catcher throws it?
2: Supposedly when the pitcher
1: catches it, I think. Okay.
2: Because uh, if watching, it I would be watching. counterproductive to lob it back to them if it's when the right. catcher threw it, but you know those things are going to be like they're going to see if they can game the system a little bit there. Uh, as Jason Stark wrote, it's going to be a, a shit show, and
1: uh, you know doesn't necessarily so. We're all trying; they're all trying to figure it out. I, I yeah. So I kinda, I like the idea. I I, I like. A little bit snappy but I think the key is I don't really care about how long I like the pace, though. I think the pace was the thing. I, think, I saw someone on Twitter say it's not about time, it's about pace. And I, I agree with that. I think the pacing of some of these games got brutal. I think uh, Joe Sheehan in his excellent newsletter wrote up about you know, this is going to be rough in the eighth and ninth inning when t That's when you get the tense moments in baseball, and you, you we, yeah. we like that. I, uh, I that made me think like, I wonder if like you know, the, like in the NFL and college football, like they don't stop the clock when you go to bounds unless it's like late in the game, like there's uh, whatever those. I never know the exact out of bounds rules are, but like, I wonder if there was a, if there's a way to do it where the first seven innings are one pace, maybe the eighth and ninth that you give them a little more leeway. It might be an interesting way to look at it because I think that oh. those clothes, like you, you get that like Eric Gagne Barry Bonds matchup, like that just that was so tense because it took so long. It was so drawn out, it hit foul balls and stuff, and you'd hate like for a situation like that where gagne going to like got to worry about pitching it faster. Like I, so, I get that late in game, so I'm a little torn. Um, right. I do like a quicker pace, but I I, I really don't want to lose those moments at the end either.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with you on that but uh and honestly I, I i think i see the need for a pitch clock i get it i just uh you know I, I i just you know you see reporters dutifully say well we saved 20 on average 25 minutes like great i know when especially in spring training games can drag on forever when they're doing 7,000 pitching changes i right. get it um yeah I, so i i appreciate it but at the same time like it's kind of funny that you know the total time expired. Just stop with that. I don't really yeah, need to hear that. I don't bit. need to hear
1: that either. I, I like a, I like a a, a well paced game. I don't really care if it's two hours and fifty two minutes or three hours and four minutes. Like, I just think that uh, that's kind of silly, but I do like a little bit paced up. I uh, want to say thanks to David in the chat. Really nice comments Said the best way to end the weekend is listening to us talk baseball. That is very nice. We really appreciate that. Uh, happy to happy to hear. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, some other, some quick news and notes in the, uh, in, in spring training before we do get, we're talking about a lot of, a lot of late pitchers, um see Suzuki with the Cubs having an MRI for oblique soreness uh we got a lot of time before the season starts but boy that is not what you want to hear us to start out your spring training <sighs>
2: he was so trendy lately too yeah um uh, our buddy Vlad Settler got him in the FSGA draft which is going to end in 2037 but uh uh he got and uh, I was like ah, I kind of wanted to get him there but so be it we'll move on to the next league uh, where I can get him but now pumping the brakes a little bit there. And you know, I, I was kind of looking forward to getting a few shares. I'll still get them, but it's kind of like the Scott Pianowski theory that you don't, you know, injuries are going to happen to your team. You don't want to take present injuries in. I get the debate about injury prone versus actually injured but this is actually injured. If, if it yeah. turns out to be an oblique stain. we'll find out. We'll see in the next couple of days.
1: Well, obviously I have a way, way a ton of news before we need to make some serious decisions. But uh leaning into that a little bit. I know you did the you did the labor draft this week. uh Jordan Alvarez, I believe was your first pound pick. Is that correct?
2: It was and I knew about the hand. because um, right. it ha- the news broke on Tuesday. We did the draft Tuesday night. All along I so I for about a week I had my draft slot. So I knew I was drafting 8th like, oh, I really hope I get Alvarez here because right. then as I think there's a clear top seven. I, I I feel like now add Tucker and Alvarez is my top part of my top. Okay, segment. yeah, you're going.
1: I was I thought you meant seven, and you get Alvarez eight. So you had you had Tucker and Alvarez six, seven. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Um. And if I don't get them, then do I go Shohei? Do I go Freeman? I don't think I'm going Bobby Witt. I think I did earlier in the draft season before I really had a strong opinion on it and things. As we uh, as we
1: get into main event, you're going to see a lot of Colin Burns in that spot too.
2: Probably because that's like the adjust because I don't want to take that hitter yeah. there. Yeah, sure. And it's funny though. This is labor. No pitcher win in the first round unless you count Shohei. Uh, but uh, that won't change. I, I do think there's like a over under on like a. You said at half league, maybe one online league goes pitcherless in the first round, but it seems unlikely. Um, I, I, I get it there, but uh, any at any rate, then the news happened. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I actually have to decide. I still went with them. That's actually went seven. So, uh, you know, I, I still had the, that short, my original set of choices. I decided just the stack cast numbers are so good. He did what he did missing 30, like tw- yeah, missing 27 games last year. Anyhow, yeah. and still was a top 10 fantasy player and he dealt with both hand issues, but I, that, the fact that he's still not hitting is bothersome. Yeah. We'll th- I was going to say
1: the news today was he has not yet started to swing a bat. Um, it's weird because I mean he's just so early. We don't know. Like this could be like last year you talk about it. He played 135 games and he was probably you, you can make an argument he's the best pure hitter in baseball. Like I think that that's not even a crazy argument to make right now. He was hard hit rate was sixty percent last year. Barrel rate was twenty one percent. It's absurd how good the guy is. Thirty seven ninety seven, hit three oh six. Uh, I agree with you. I had him as a in a top seven. Um, I'd like to see him start playing a little bit though. It's 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 worrisome to me that it's it's February twenty sixth and this didn't get this didn't resolve itself in the offseason more than anything.
2: Yep, yep. I mean, we said that about uh, Felix Bautista last week, and yep. you know, I man, it's Gordon Alvarez. <laughs>
1: it's, it's just a, a freaking stud, and he seems yeah. to be over the knee issues, which is great. Because, I mean, early in his career, we're like, Are his knee? He's so young, are his knees ever going to be fine? And obviously, the last two years, he's proven the knees are fine, but yeah, this is uh, so you know. I'll
2: be curious. Uh, we saw a note here, uh, that Matt Leahy was saying. Oh wait, wrong wrong one that wrong comment from Matt. He goes Alvarez fell to 18th overall in his current DC. Yeah. And I'm drafting tomorrow night in the beat Jeff Erickson draft. Uh, filled up today. I'm drafting fifth. So like on the comeback spot. there, if he's sitting there in the second round, I'm gonna be very hard pressed to let him go. But do I have enough exposure? That's that's, that's
1: five. It means means it means 20th pick in the back, coming back around. Yeah. Yeah, because they add up to 25. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh are you um are you Jose Ramirez or Kyle Tucker at five?
2: Yes. If the, um, first,
1: if the first four go, uh, Turner, Acuna, Julio, and uh, who else are we missing? Oh, Judge.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably Ramirez, but yes, I I'm happy with either player very much. I'm, so. uh,
1: I'm whatever uh, whatever spot I can get Julio uh, him to last to me is where I'm at. So if that's, if that's one, that's fine. But if that's five, I'm good there too. Is yeah, any, Julio is coming
2: any, to me is great too. Yeah. Jose is Ramirez, it, Julio. I mean, yeah. I, six was my first choice. Five was my second choice, I think. Or maybe so you're,
1: three. you're that much in on Tucker that you're fine with putting him in that group. You're fine getting six. Cause I prefer, I, I, I have it. I have a top five. You have a top six. That's
2: I did. I used to be top five. I kind of expanded it to six. I also love being in the middle of the drafts. Although I don't think it matters as much in the twelve as it does in the
1: 15s. I love being in the middle drafts too, but I find it a tough, tougher spot this year, at least so far. It seems just for
2: the first it. round, but for the rest of the draft, I mean, I it, think, it's... I
1: think second round too. Though I think that kind of there's it seems like there's a drop off maybe like eighteen, nineteen somewhere in there. Where you, mm-hmm. if you're late in the draft, you feel pretty good about your first two picks. If you're in the middle, you're like, yeah, I got to figure out who to take here.
2: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Someone, Uncle Uncle Ted, in the chat is talking about Oscar Gonzalez. I, I guess he shouldn't go back two episodes and listen to uh, the fact that I don't really love Oscar Gonzalez this year. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I think he, former I think he cha-
2: listener, Uncle Ted. No, yeah, All right. <laughs> former you.
1: listener. Sorry, I'm offending the listeners. <laughs> uh, I think Oscar chases a little too much to be an All Star this year. Would be my my answer. To that he was uh, he was first percentile in chase rate last year. I think pitchers are going to figure him out a little bit. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be quite in the first half. So I think he, I think an All Star game would be a, a tough uh, a tough score for Oscar. Yep. So let's get into uh, late pitchers. I think this is a this is a spot where uh, you know leagues are uh, leagues are uh, heavily uh, impacted. Uh, last year, I had a really good team that we've talked about plenty that ended up with Tony Gonsolin and Kyle Wright late in the draft. Like you get a late pitcher, it makes up for so much uh, if you get someone that really hits here. But first, a quick note from our sponsors, the Underdog. At Underdog, the fantasy baseball season is underway. There's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. You draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. That's three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up up with the protocol R-W-M-L-B, and not only underdog, double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our Roto-Rush subscription for free. Again, that's underdogfantasy, promo code R-W-M-L-B. Draft your $100,000 dinger team today.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Jeff, we're going to do uh, late late starters first, and we'll talk about some late relievers. I I characterize late by back half of the draft in the fifteen teamer. So you know it works if you're a twelve teamer too. But pick two twenty five and after. So obviously a little bit later round wise in a twelve teamer. But I figured two twenty five was about the right spot to call someone. uh, Call someone late. First guy I would ask about is someone who had a horrible, horrible twenty twenty two. It was Jose Barrios in Toronto. Five point two three ERA or 1.42 whip last year, 172 innings. This is coming off a year, the year before he was three, five and 1.06. So, you know, really valuable pitcher then, um, Everything fell off for Brios. It, it, it's really troubling to look at it. His, his strikeout rate fell from twenty-six percent to under twenty percent. That's a crazy drop for a guy who's been kind of in the mid or low twenties for the last five years before that. Swing and strike rate down to nine point three percent. Interesting that you look at swing and strike between 2020 and 2021, it really dropped off. So maybe we should have seen the strikeout drop at least coming because the swing and strike rate really dropped off that dropped off a little bit more. Um he was 11th percentile in hard hit rate, eighth uh, percentile in the expected batting average against, fifth percentile expecting slugging against. There's not much good here. His ADP is about uh, about 240 in drafts right now. Uh, what does one do with someone that uh, we thought was going to be one of the one of the new one of the aces a few years ago?
2: I don't think I ever thought he was going to be one of the aces. I think
1: he had a, he had a felt like he had a lot of hype a few years ago though. The people loved Jose Barrios. Well, of Minnesota. because
2: of the strikeouts, I get yeah. it, but he's always had the outings where yeah. You know he's, you know he gets he gets cuffed around at bad times, and he he took it to another level last year. Obviously, I don't want to dunk on him too much, but uh, he's kind of like a poor man's Luis Castillo in terms of whip. I feel like you know he had that one year at 106, big year, trade year, contract year, whatever. But otherwise, 132 the year before that, 122 the year before that. You know, it, it's not like he's ever been like oh. Yeah. He, 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 I feel like he's going to be a 275 one, 105 guy ever. Um, so I, it's probably, you know, I think almost this year, it's almost like you could get in on the price here is almost an overreaction unless you think he's just toast. Like he's lost the velocity. He, he's lost the snap on his pitches or something like that. But so I, I, it might be the first time I ha- I have him in a while. Cause I didn't like it when he was getting in the fourth, go- going in the fourth and fifth rounds.
1: Yeah, you always felt like everybody thought he was one step away from being that guy, and everybody loved him. You're right about the outings, though. He had nine outings last year with five runs or more. Like the blow up outings, just kill him. He had a, he yeah. had two two where he gave up eight runs. Like those will just kill you. And I mean, you look at you look closer at some of his pitches, and it's just he was a different guy last year with the strikeouts. I just it's hard to trust. It's hard to trust anything you see here just because it was it was so rough last year. You look at it. I mean, just everything got hard. Everything got hit hard. It's just it's hard to find anything to get really excited about. He's pitching in the L East. I mean, I know the schedule's a little bit different this year, and that should help him. But I don't know. You look at his Statcast page for one, and it's not only blue, but it's dark blue across the board.
2: Yeah, um,
1: I yeah, and I don't I don't
2: say I don't think I'm in on Barrios. I'm thinking just to clarify here, I don't think I'm paying. You know, it might be the first time I roster him just because he's so darn cheap. Um, and I you know, he's a streamer now. That's what I, I find use him against weaker opponents and that's it. But you know, the thing that is concerning though is the swing strike percentage dropped to nine point
1: seven percent. And it never was elite, even his best year was twelve point two percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, to Uncle Ted in the chat, I didn't say Gonzalez sucked. I just said he's going to have a little, a little bit of struggles in the first half. Um, uh, next guy I want to talk about is uh, is Hunter Brown. We kind of talked about him a little bit last week when we were talking about Lance McCullers uh, he, being, uh, you know, being uh, pushed back a little bit, delayed with his injury issues. Uh, Hunter Brown would be, you know, next guy up. You know, people like Hunter Brown as it was, but now if he were to get a job to start the year. Um, he was uh, he was really good in A last year, Two five five one point oh eight 1.08 uh, on the whip, uh, strikeout rate over 31%. Walk rate's a little bit high with him. That's probably the one thing he needs to figure out if he's going to be really, really good at Major League level. Um, but he only had 20 innings in the majors. He only made two starts. They just kind of eased him in a little bit. Um, where are you at Hunter Brown? His price is obviously gonna go way up. His ADP is about two fifty right now. If McCullers, you know, gets delayed even more as we go along here, that's just only gonna rise. Are you in on the on the helium rise on Brown? Or are you gonna kinda of let somebody else take the take the bait? No,
2: now? I'm in on him. Uh I, I've gotten them I got him and said FSGA draft. Uh oh, you got you guys are at that round by now? Uh well I got him in the 14th round at a fifteen teamer. So, yes, I was
1: that was more of a joke about how uh, you guys weren't that far along.
2: Yeah, we're worth we're, yeah. we're cruising up to this. I didn't know if you're the quite quite in range.
1: Hunter Brown uh, range yet.
2: Yeah, well, to me, that is Hunter Brown range, but I think so uh, too.
1: I was more of a more of a joke. You're still in like the first haha,
2: range, very yeah. funny. Yeah. min picked now is 140. Woo! And I that's too early, but is it? You know, it's 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 a it's your prototypical helium guy. We already know McCullers won't be ready for opening day. We've seen the Astros go six-man rotation already. You see the ballpark is great, the team is great. We saw the performance last year. The only thing that's concerning is he his swing and miss was below 10% also last year. As so that K percentage is unlikely to be maintained unless he gets more swing and miss eventually.
1: It was 11.7% in AAA so a little bit better there, but not Actually, you know, like it's not super elite, but uh I think it'll probably be the point that uh he'll probably get a little too a little too hyped for me but uh he's uh, What's he's- too
2: hyped? What at what point is it too much for you?
1: Uh where he's probably going to go which is like the 12th round, 11th round somewhere in there. All
2: right. So if he's there at 200, are you taking him?
1: So 200 puts me in the 13th like 14th, 13th, 14th. Yeah, I think that's about the right range because you're talking like John Gray, Reed Detmers, Andrew Heaney, Patrick Sandoval. I think I'd probably take Detmers and Sandoval instead. I like um, that but,
2: range, by the but way. That is, I, I do
1: like that range. Sonny Gray's right in there, too, who I always like. Uh, I think that's probably about the right range. I think the uh, the high 100s, probably not. I think there's other pitchers in there I like more. But yeah, that, those low 200s, probably about the right range. I think he might, uh, I think he might even go a little higher than that. I probably go like 175. I bet it's like his main event ADP, assuming that, you know, McCullers doesn't make some miraculous recoveries. We don't expect that to happen. Uh, yeah.
2: I, and I'm, I'm full out on McCullers. I mean, he, he yeah, was so he good when he came back, but it's the forearm again. Uh, if he's at the pick 300 fine, but there's no, but there's no IR slots in the NFPC and in the main event, even like your round 20th pick, you don't want to
1: have it. Okay. Now there's your stash. That means you're not getting a prospect. Uh, yeah, which is fine but so many know. pitchers get hurt anyway i just i don't want to start with one that's hurt like I, there's there is a spot where i take him, where i'm like well if i have to if i get two more injuries like i drop them in week three then okay but uh, i just prefer not to i prefer someone else to do it yep The aforementioned Trevor Rogers is next on our list. ADP is 258. That ADP is a little bit later than I took him in the main event last year, Jeff. It's a (laughs) little just about 197 picks after I took him last year. I took him at uh, 61 last year as my SP1 in the main event in Vegas. Obviously did not work out well. Uh, Still won that league, but did not work out well. Uh, Brutal 2020. Came in a lot of hype. 2021 was obviously really, really good. 2.64, 1.15. And then it, it ballooned huge last year. Everything went wrong. 5.5 5.5 on the ERA, 1.5 on the WHIP. Strikeout rate dropped 6%, walk rate went up a little bit. Swing strike rate, you mentioned earlier when we talk about when we talking about Rogers real quickly, 14%, which is really really good number, down to 10.8%. So, you know, not horrible, but I mean the drop is just it was crazy. I mean, his his whiff rate fell on all three of his pitches? Like it was across the board. It wasn't like one pitch fell off. Um the, the walk rate was up a little bit. Uh, what do you do with the new price here?
2: Oh, I was just going to defer to you. Uh as the Trevor Rogers expert in the in the podcast. But clearly, uh, I've
1: proven myself to not be the Trevor. Rocker I player. held on
2: to him all season long in an online championship, and that did not bear fruit. So. I had him
1: really long in the main event. It took a long time before I adopted him. Um, well, first of all, is he going to be a starter for them? Is he going to win that fifth job? I mean, because that's the, that's the. I don't first think it's
2: the fifth problem. job. I think he'll be the fourth starter, won't he? Be? Um, I was counting.
1: I was counting Edward Cabrera ahead of him, but the, you could probably those two. A
2: lot of people are, are counting him. Edward Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I thought he's. I think he's battling Braxton Garrett still, but.
1: Uh, yeah. So we got Cabrera, Rogers, and Garrett. I guess we call them three guys for two spots. Is probably a good way to put it. Is Johnny Cueto that firmly
2: ensconced in the rotation, or is that a little up for grabs too? Uh,
1: I think he's uh, ensconced to begin the season in the rotation.
2: Okay, Um, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But then again, we'll see. I mean, yeah, he probably is because he's a veteran and all that. But yeah,
1: I, I, there's you're right. There's enough. There's enough opportunity there that he'll probably end up getting a shot to start.
2: My projections suggest I'm not in on Rogers. Okay. My instinct tells me there, that low is not such a bad idea with him. Um, bottom end of the range in the last month on the NFPC since February first is pick three eleven. Uh, I would need it probably close to that, maybe anywhere from two eighty to you know two eighty and beyond to take him. But I could see it. Uh, it would just be a. It'd be just like. A dart throw at that point, I'd have to have had like probably six or seven other pitchers on my roster by that point in time. It's like my SP five or six, I could see it. Uh,
1: he, his strikeout rate did go up in the second half. I mean, he didn't throw as many innings. I have to look to it. He threw, um he, threw, he only threw 23 innings in the second half, but it went up a little bit. He was up to 29%. Walker was down six percent. So we had like a a really small sample of innings where he did look a lot better. I know the ERA wasn't great, but like the, the, the rate, the, the metrics in the strikeout and walk look a little bit better. Maybe he fixed something. Maybe something was going on. I think he, he went down to the minors at some point. Maybe he fixed something. So that, that little bit of, a uh, little bit of improvement late in the season maybe helps me a little bit, but uh, I'm pretty scarred on this one.
2: Yeah. You need to get, uh, I, you need to get swing and miss with him because the walks are part of the package. Yes. Even when he was really good in 2021, it was like eight and a half walk percent. Uh, so you, you're just, you yeah, realize that's part of the package. You want to talk about a guy that's not going to help you in whip? Trevor Rogers is not going to help you in whip. Yeah, um, he was
1: he was as good as he could be in twenty twenty when the whip was still one one five, which will help you. But like that's probably the very top end you are going
2: to get. But you got to get that swing yeah. and miss to, he- yep. to be able to work out of the jams that you create by walking players.
1: Agreed. I felt like last year he got two strikes on guys and just could not put people away. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, it kind of it kind of bears itself out. Yeah.
2: By the way, uh, don't forget about Yuri Perez in Miami. He's in camp. Craig Mish was on our show last week when we we're talking Marlins, and he thinks that you know he'll he'll be on the team at some point this year too. And you know he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, if not the best pitching prospect in baseball. So there'll be uh, that. That's another guy to keep in mind too, as we're, we're looking at that. They may go six man. They may you know they might just say okay, you get a spot. You you're out, you know, and that's why they were so willing to trade
1: pa- uh, Pablo Lopez this off season. Yeah, they do have a lot of different arms in there. Um, this guy I want to talk about is uh his move from uh his move to Minnesota, Tyler Molly, uh former former red. We talked about him a bunch last year being on the Reds. Um, I, I think one I dropped him in the main event. I don't know if you did, you had him also as well, but he had a lot of shoulder issues last year, which is always uh, very concerning with any kind of pitcher. He says he no he has no restrictions coming into camp. He's um, another guy where you know strikeouts fell. The strikeout rate fell from 28% to 25%. Walk stayed about the same. Uh, his fastball is just really, really good. His fastball was at a 205 batting average against last year, 28% whiff rate. You don't really see numbers that high on a fastball, except for the really, really good fastball guys. Usually it's the breaking balls. Where you get the higher whiff rate. Um, the interesting thing with Molly is I just wonder, like, if that shoulder was an issue at all points. He 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 was a 26% slider guy in 2021 Eleven percent slider guy in twenty twenty two. You just wonder if like if that was affecting his arm. At this best strikeout pitch, I have to wonder if maybe he just wasn't healthy at all. At any point? Uh, are you in on a, a Tyler Molly? Uh, I guess I call it a bounce back. He was he was obviously worse in twenty twenty two than he was in twenty twenty one in Minnesota here. Kind of
2: agnostic. Right. At the time he got dealt, I was like, oh, he finally gets out of Great American Small Park, gets a better team behind him. Yes, I think he this is going to be a good time for him. Then and the shoulders thing reared up, but it wasn't the first time. Very much like parallels Frankie Montas actually, they both had the shoulder things happen right before the trade deadline. They got dealt anyhow, and let's the, the, uh, let's, is- let's hope his
1: story is a little bit better than Montas's.
2: Yeah, but
1: it that's in
2: the range of outcomes though, right? Yeah. Uh, Anytime you get a
1: shoulder, yeah, it's just it's always concerning. But uh, yeah. I think I back in at the price. I think the price last year was like in the the, the one sixty to one eighty range. I forget. I think I dropped him in the tenth or eleventh round um, at pick two sixty six. I think there is a. Uh, a decent amount of upside here and a decent amount of floor too. I don't think he's a guy that's gonna kill you the strikeout. Or the the fastball just it's so good that it keeps him in keeps him in keeps him engaged pretty well. Um I kind of like this price. I think that's uh 16, 17, 18th round. I do like this price this price for a bounce back. Yeah, I can see it. Another guy uh, who has had some, some injury issues, but uh was was the first time over hundred innings last year is Carlos Carrasco. Uh, he was three nine seven last year, one point three three WHIP. So the the WHIP was a little bit high last year, even though he uh, you know bounced back really well from twenty twenty one was really ugly for Carrasco, where he was never never healthy. Um, K rate uh, was up a touch uh, from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. Never you're not uh, not at the the old Cleveland elite days with Carrasco, where he was you know 29 percent in there. Um, swing strike rate was down a little bit, but still twelve point nine percent. We've been talking about a lot of swing strike rate numbers. That's a pretty good one compared to some of these guys we've talked about so far. Uh, fastball velocity was down but he's still an elite chase guy gets people to chase pitches 94th percentile chase rate um, I love the price in Carrasco 285 ADP um, you know middle uh, you know like 17th 18th round I think he's just a guy that will be will be really solid for you in there he's not going to be not going to be back to his old days but I think it's a really solid price for Carrasco
2: Yeah uh, agreed um I my projection's pretty tame I think I only have him for 24 starts uh, but yeah, I, I think that's fine, though, when you're at that rate. I mean, if he, you know, I I understand you want to get him uh, all in. and all, You know, you want your pitcher to go be healthy all season. The one thing I this is a guy who's good luck, good luck with at, those.
1: Nobody said no pitchers are healthy all season. Yeah,
2: I, I I he's a guy that I would watch the velocity in spring training a little bit because I think another mile and maybe the chase rate goes down. Yeah. Uh, because people are able to lay point. off it a little bit more something i'd watch for there uh someone said uh they prefer sango over uh carrasco yeah who wouldn't senga's going 100 picks earlier than carrasco so at least is in he the a, is
1: 50 he 50. a full 100 picks higher i hadn't looked at his adp, uh, even, ADP yeah.
2: is 189
1: yeah you're right 100 picks higher so yeah that's uh they're not really in the same in the same range there yep so a guy who uh velocity is uh, is not an issue is Ronzy Contreras in Pittsburgh I saw he got a pitch clock uh, violation yesterday so I laughed he was on our list here uh he was obviously uh, a big K rates in the minors. I remember when he got called up last year everybody was really excited about this um you know, k rates were in the 30 30 34 percent in 2021 33 percent in uh, in A in 2022. Came out to Pittsburgh and you know wasn't bad. Three seven nine ERA, one point two seven WHIP, pretty good for the first time through. But the carry was way down, twenty one point one percent. The walk rate's a little concerning, nine point six percent. But you look at the swing strike rate, twelve point six percent. He's got to get some punch outs. Like he gets enough swings and misses, that think we'll be good here. His slider is. The slider's nasty, 163 batting average against, 42% whiff rate last year. Um, I guess my main question for you on Contreras is, you know, obviously he's on the Pirates. You're not going to get a lot of wins, but um, how many innings do you think uh, he ends up throwing? Are they going to just kind of let him go? You think he's got a leash on him? Where do you think he, do they go with the innings on on, on Ronzi?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I think it probably caps at like 150 or so.
1: I, I would love that. I'd take that number right now.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. that I'm saying caps. Uh, you I, know. I don't
1: think you're far because he threw 120, whatever it is, 125 last year, 124 something like that. Um, it's a little yeah, about 120, uh, but he, I think that's a that's a good bump up. And at, at ADP 296. Like, I take 150 innings of this in in a, in a second. I really like this price. I like him and Carrasco right in here. Yeah, uh, I, the team context is scary. Yeah, uh, controls
2: a little scary too. Uh, it is, and, and just you know like. I, I, you know, I, I remember like seeing some breakdowns, and I, I wish I could give it credit. It might have been pitcher. I think it was pitcher list actually. It broke down uh, like his full on first start. I think for Pittsburgh, uh, and, and for Pittsburgh against Colorado, and just you know, the, the he wasn't getting guys the swing and miss on his breaking stuff. It wasn't super sharp. Like he he was fooling hitters, but he wasn't like it, it wasn't like oh he just can't hit it. It was more like oh I was expecting this pitch. Okay. Um, and Pittsburgh, I mean, let's face it. Every pitcher gets better once they leave Pittsburgh. They don't develop there so many times that that's concerning. And we keep on, you know, I think, uh, you know, Mitch Keller, for instance, you know, is another guy that hasn't taken that next step. Came close last year at times. He's throwing like
1: 113 at driveline though.
2: Yeah, I know. And then, (laughs) but unfortunately a driveline doesn't have their own stadium and
1: their own team. So, uh, yeah, I just I love last year Mitch Keller was the like the drive line. I didn't even know he went to one of those places. I think he's a drive line guy, but uh or he was throwing like a hundred in yeah. in February, whatever it was. Yeah.
2: So I, I don't know how much of Ronzi I'll have. I had a chance to get him and didn't take him in labor. Um and I think he went one pick after me, if I recall correctly, pulling up the draft grid now. Uh because uh and, and, you know, but I, I saw him go off and I'm like, yeah, that would that would have been a fun one to have, but I really wasn't in on it at the time. Uh God, where did where did he go? That you know, I'm sorry, this is great. Great podcasting here. So I'll just it'll probably be easier just like search for him. That would be there's there's a novel concept. Control there, but... control F, Jeff. Yes, I know, I know. Thank you. Thank you. I took <laughs> oh it was around it was late. It's round twenty-three. Uh there's another guy that's on our outline that I Regretted missing out on more. Ronzi went really late in our draft. He, that he is went,
1: that is late. That's uh, that's like yeah, let's like pick three fifty or something
2: like that. Yeah, um, I, I went. With, I took a closer spec in Brandon Hughes instead, and then I was like, eh, and then I saw Ronzi go. But more importantly, Kyle Bradish went two picks later uh, to uh, Rudy Gamble, and that's the one I was like, oh, that's who I should have taken.
1: So let's talk about Kyle Bradish now. Then since you brought him up, I uh, this was one that I put him on a list, and I was like, I'm gonna love Kyle Bradish the second half breakout. Um, I was surprised how when I got into it, the first half area was 7.38 second half was 3.28. He wasn't that much different. The K rate was the same first and second half. The Walker was actually up. It was just a gigantic Babbitt change from first half, second half. I was surprised when I looked, I think that a lot of his second half was just kind of getting a lot luckier than he was in the first half. I didn't see, I was hoping to see a really a big step up and I thought I was going to, because there were times where I was throwing Bradish and I was loving it. He's pitching in a, you know, new a park. Now that's a good place to pitch. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, the, the price is three forty-seven. So, like, I think at that price, like, you can't go wrong. But I am not as much in as on, on Brash. I thought I'd be when I when I started the deep dive.
2: Yeah, um, but was it just because he was exceptionally unlucky early on, and this was just a correction, or uh, was he exceptionally lucky late?
1: He was. Uh, he was exceptionally lucky in the second half.
2: Okay. Okay. Babbitt in
1: the second half was two fifty-three. Uh, now he was really unlucky in the first half. It was three ninety six. So yeah, he there was there was definitely some correction. That's company. pretty polar there. Oh my it's gosh, really polar. It was great. I, I couldn't believe it when I looked at it. I just thought I thought maybe the other stuff would be a little different. It really wasn't. I mean, you look at the first half. First half K rate was twenty one point seven. Second half K rate was twenty one point nine. Eight and a half walk rate in the first half. Nine and a half walk rate in the second half. So that actually went up. Um, I just uh, I, when I looked at it, I couldn't believe how much of it was just literally the babbitt. It was it was it was wild. It was it, you talk about. You're talking about not making a difference, and boy, was a difference to him. we went from really unlucky to really lucky, and uh, I don't know. I, I assume we'll land somewhere in the middle. And I uh, I was hoping for to find as I look deeper that uh, I liked the second half as like something that was a little more real.
2: I like the velocity on him. Oh, he throws um, hard, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I like the lack of exit velocity against him. Uh, I think average exit velocity was 82 and a half. I mean, that's that's I think I like that. Um I, you know, our outlook says he has similar, you know, stat cast metrics to Burns and Gallon and Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen, uh, I'm very, I can't forever read reason I can't pronounce his name, even though Isn't it's a very it simple, Rasm- common name. R- Rasmussen, yeah, Rasmussen. I guess that's it. If I go must instead of muse, then I'm good. Um, <laughs> good to know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, this, there's, there's a kind of like maybe it's just a, a sense, or maybe I read something positive about him once, and it stuck with me. Anyhow, I want more bradish in my life.
1: Yeah, thirty percentile whiff rate, nine percentile chase rate. I thought those were surprising to me too. With a guy that throws as hard as he does, um, I was surprised. I thought I was gonna be in for sure, and then when I looked deeper, I wasn't. I mean, it's, again, it's pick three forty-seven. Like you know, you don't have to be that in to be in. But uh, I thought it was gonna be a target for me, and I think it's kind of a guy that if I I'm okay taking him in there, but not someone I'm pushing up or targeting really. Fair enough. Brian uh, Bayo, is it Bayo or Bello? It's, it's got to be Bayo, right? I think so. Uh, Brian Bayo had. Uh, we talked about him a little bit last week. He had some forearm tightness, but he did throw a bullpen today. This is a profile that I that I do like, and obviously, I need to see him pitching in games. And forearm tightness is a awful thing to hear for a pitcher. You hate to hear that's like it's a, it's like oblique tightness for a hitter. I I hate hearing it, but
2: yeah, we we just mentioned Lance McCullers. I yeah. mean
1: electric in the minors last year he threw 96 innings in the minors last year 34 strikeout rate he has a few too many walks i will give you that but 2.34 1.04 on the ratios in 96 innings uh, he did come up and he threw 57 innings in the majors i do like that he wasn't very good it was 471 178 but i like he got his got his feet wet a little bit uh get through uh he made 11 starts in the, in the majors uh, strikeout rate went way down in the majors we see that with a lot of guys that their first time up but I uh, I like this profile. I think that he has a chance to be pretty good off the bat. He's been working with Pedro Martinez a lot. Been a lot been talked about there. Um, pick uh, pick three forty six. Uh, I'm, I'm going Bayo over Bradish. Believe it or not.
2: Um, I, I will join you on Bayo watch. Uh,
1: I I had I got him in labor. I like it. Thank you. And, and thank you to everybody in the uh, chat room. telling me it is Bayo.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, and thank you for setting me up so nicely there on that. You're welcome. But, uh, that's, what I, that's what I do. I got him in the 27th round. Now, of course, the fact that he might start the year in the minors is concerning. Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, and the or foreign, on foreign the
1: IL, forearm tightness, slow start just doesn't help someone that you know needed to needed to make a splash in camp, which is yeah. uh concerning. I, I don't love that, but uh, I like the profile. I just uh, I, I need to see, I need to see him pitch it a couple games and see what happens here. But I do like the profile here. And they yeah. got, they have a weird, weird rotation. We talked about it a little bit last week, they have sale and then kluber pavetta james paxton maybe garrett whitlock maybe we just don't know what this rotation is gonna tanner like. hauck maybe tanner yeah. hauck maybe that's a good point too i just uh, we have no idea what's gonna look like in a month when the season starts it could be anywhere yeah.
2: this is the downside to drafting earliest guys like this him and uh hayden wesneski on the cubs who i also uh grabbed in labr uh on tuesday but both of those guys both of those guys are could be start the year in the in triple a or they could both be striking out a ton of guys and uh, you know they're dart throws, and I might be—I might have two guys I have to replace in the first fab period. Um, so yeah.
1: And if you want to read about uh, Jeff's labor team, you did write an article about that on the site, right?
2: I did. Uh, it's, it just posted today. Uh, nice. Check it out: rotowire.com/pod.
1: That, I set that up so well. You yes, set you me did. up well on Hayden Wesneski too. That's my next thing to talk about. Uh I, uh, I picked up Wesneski in the main event last year. He's really solid for me. Uh, 2.18 ERA, 0.94 is his 22 innings. Bob's picked him up really late in the year. I think he made his last four starts all in September. Um, is not throw hard, he only throws uh, he only throws about 93. But you look at his, his minor league numbers, uh, in, in 2022 across uh, triple A with the Yankees and the Cubs, 392, 115 and in 110 innings. In 2021, across three levels, he was three two five one one two. Really good ratios. He's just a good control guy. He just he, he didn't walk many guys uh, when he came up. He only had 5.3% walk rate. And then the minors in AAA with the Yankees last year is only 7.5%. So he's a good good uh, good control guy, which I like. I think he's just someone that's just really – he'll be really solid. I don't think – you're obviously not going to get the, the ratios we got last year. But I think he's a – could be a, a mid-to-high three ERA guy. I think the whip will be decent enough because of the, the lack of walks. I just think I like get, get a guy like this in the 21st, 22nd round. Um, you know, he's in the mix for the number five though. There's a, that's the one issue here is he may not start the season, uh, with the Cubs in the rotation. So that's the problem here. Uh, you look at the Cubs rotation and it's, uh, it's probably, although Justin Steele went, had some injury stuff today. So there yeah, that could, be a, that could be a pushback there. You know, it's uh I guess it's, he's have or, a way of changing really fast, really fast with pitchers. It's him or like Adrian Sampson, I guess, is maybe the, maybe the two guys going for the fifth spot. If I, if I look at their, uh, their depth chart I mean I would hope they would go Westnesky over over Adrian Sampson but who knows here and they got Drew Smiley in there too. Uh, I think there's going to be an opportunity for Westnesky pretty quick if it's not right away.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh man, I I I I want him over a bunch of the, like over like Drew Smiley and all these yeah. non-upside sort of guys. He's the one he's one of the few guys in that uh, their rotation that has like really good palpable upside.
1: Yeah. I, I like it. I think the price is, the price is really nice right now. Obviously if he won a job, he would start to move up a little bit. Um, and then, uh, so, but I do like, I do like the profile. I think just someone that, that won't hurt you. And in the three thirties, like you got someone that doesn't hurt you. That that's a win right there. Absolutely. Some of the chats asking about remembering when Mike Piazza was on Baywatch. I definitely remember that episode. It was weird that he's wearing his Jersey and swinging the bat on the beach is always a, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very. It's just such a weird scene. Um, Last guy in this range I want to ask you before we drop into a few guys a little more deeper. We talked about Andrew Painter earlier, the 19-year-old uh potentially in the uh, in the mix for the Phillies' number 5 job. We talked about him uh throwing up, giving up a home run to Schwarber uh, in camp and it was a good little uh, clip on social media. He was a 13th overall pick in 2021. He's a is a high riser here. Like I said, he's 19 years old. He does turn 20 on April 10th. So possibly if he makes the rotation, could pitch a game in the majors at 19. Uh, he had made, he pitched 103 innings last year across A and AA. 1.56 ERA, .89 whip. Obviously, really, really good. 155 strikeouts on his three innings. This is a, a guy with a ton of upside. Obviously, he's 19. You have to preface everything you say with that. Um, if he breaks camp with a team, are you willing to uh, pay a little bit up on this price here? What do you do with a 19-year-old guy that uh, obviously has electric stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I will. And I think... I don't think he starts to hear the majors, yeah. though. I think... I think is a good enough option that they, they don't feel like, like
1: they need to rush him right away.
2: But just like you saw with the Cubs, you know, with you know one guy goes down, all of a sudden, you don't even have to make that decision. But they might manage him. It'll be, it, it, you know, it's... Him and Grayson Rodriguez are two of the toughest guys to put a price on. Yep. Because they, they look like they're going to be really good, but you have to question their usage
1: a little bit there, and that's always tricky. Yeah, we talked about with Rodriguez a couple weeks ago. If you get those... If he pitches innings, but they're all four inning starts, it's really hard fantasy wise because you, you don't get any wins out of that. The strikeouts are a little limited by the inning, use. So it's really tough to use that. And Rodriguez's price is obviously a lot higher. Um, he's, you know, they've pretty much said he's going to make the opening day rotation. But you're right; if they go, he's done a lot of four inning since it's hard to use in fantasy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and that's that might be how
2: they do, they do it right away, uh, or they could just say, "Okay, Ranger Suarez, you're a swing man. We'll have yep. you start sometimes. We'll have you in the bullpen sometimes." That could be a way to go around it too.
1: Uh, yeah, that that I, I actually kind of like that idea. I don't think that's a that's a bad idea right there. I imagine that, uh, or you could piggyback him and falter together. There's a lot of ways you could put it together, but it'd be a, it'd be a lot of fun to have a 19 year old dude throwing gas on for the Phillies. That'd be uh, that'd be a fun watch uh, every fifth day. Yeah, exactly. Before we get to a few more names, a little deeper in the starting pitcher list here, a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for all kinds of baseball leagues, whether it be Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, or Best Ball Leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that easy as well, as they can import any of your current leagues and customize as you need. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. If you can use your scoring system, fab, head-to-head scheduling, all kinds of different various categories, Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sign up and go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So, Jeff, we've gone way too far without talking about a couple of A's pitchers. I want to talk about a couple here, one in the mid 300s and one in the uh, high 400s. The first is Ken Waldachuk, who uh, got called up uh, last year, made a couple starts, actually had a big, a really good start on the last day of the season. I had a lot of guys not do well for me late in the season. He was one that the last day was uh, was nice clicking on that box. So I think he shut out the Angels um, over six innings or something like that. Uh, yeah, but Sims, so did
2: you the next day, too. So, but when I? Yeah, but the his count- were horrific
1: yeah. offensively late in the season. L- luckily, his stats counted a lot more than mine did. Um, Thirty-four innings across the majors, he made seven starts, uh, getting called. After he got called up by the A's, four nine three, not great there. One point two one WHIP is workable there. Uh, K rate was twenty two and a half percent. Walk rate six point eight percent. Uh, this is a good home park. It's a really, really bad team, as we have uh, explained many times when it comes to uh Oakland A's baseball. But he <coughs> excuse me, he was a big K guy in the in the minors, though. I was uh, you look at the K rate in the majors, it wasn't high, it was only 34 innings, but he had a lot of uh, a lot of seasons where he's a big K guy in the minors. He's 13.4 K's per nine in the minors across 234 innings. You look at all his minor leagues innings put together, huge swing and strikeout numbers, too. He had a he had a 15% season, a 16% season, a 17% in the rookie ball like a lot of swing and miss here. His slider and his changeup were both over 30% whiff rate in a small sample in the majors. Um, I hate to take A's players, but man, this is the one I might be in on three 80 piece, 366. Uh, I think he's a guy that I'm going to take like right before we get to the second break and just get him on my team. I really like the profile here.
2: Yeah. Um, it's just the organizational context, uh, they still haven't traded Ramon Laureano. I remember that thread that you were involved in on Twitter. There, that's yep. still, that that still is one little uh, shoot a drop. But yeah, I, I actually like his talent. I like his skill. I just wins do matter.
1: He's not going to get many wins. It's like drafting Reds pitchers. Same thing. If he just gets like all twenty four of their wins himself, though, like that'd be that'd be fun. That'd be pretty badass. Yeah. It'd be Carlton esque. It would be very. That's a that's a good that's a good drop right there. we're we're, we're aging ourselves a little bit, but that, that Carlton had a year where he like. What do you have, like a third of the Phillies wins or like 35% of the Phillies wins or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you, about, are, are, do, you do you like? so you like Waldachuk a little bit? Not maybe as much as me, but you like him a little bit. I, I'm learning about him. I don't know enough about him.
2: I think it's hilarious that we talked about Wesneski and Waldachuk and you know the, the two guys that the Yankees got in those trades aren't going to pitch this year. Montas, and, and it's not hilarious to the, the pitchers, but in Efros, that these guys are actually pretty good.
1: Yeah. That's just true. I uh, and it, it, The weird thing with the A's is that we don't know who their five stars are going to be. It's where they really have a, a glut of okay guys. So they've got a lot of guys. That, it seems like the stories I read is that uh, uh, Fuji from Japan is going to pitch. Is uh, going to start. Uh, Rusinski coming over from the Korean League, used to be with the, the Blue Jays, and then uh, Paul Blackburn. Like Those three guys are pretty much locked in their rotation spots, which gives you – you know, two spots for a bunch of guys, including Walden Chuck. Uh, they got Adam Allers in there. And the other guy I want to talk about, Kyle Muller. His uh, ADP is after the 30th round in a, in a 15-team. It's 490. Um, he's got someone that's really, really good in AAA last year. I remember in AAA, we were always like, when's Kyle Muller getting called up so we could all pick him up and fab for the Braves? Uh, he was 341. 119, 134 innings last year for the Braves. Uh 29% strikeout rate in triple A last year, 7.5% walk rate. His walks were an issue in 2021. He seems like he really fixed that down to 7.4%. Uh walks are way down. Uh swing strike rate, 14%. And um, if I'm not wrong, Mark Kotze called him a mix of Madison Bumgarner, and uh, I can't even remember the other name. We called him a mix of like two stud all-star pitchers this week.
2: Yeah, well, that uh, that that's Okay, that's the sort of thing I'm not going to pay attention right? to in spring training. But. In the,
1: in the exact example of something not to talk about. I went back, the funny thing is I went back, I'm like, this quote seems insane. So I went back and looked at it. It was a mix of uh, Mark Mulder and Madison Bumgarner. That was it. Yeah. And then I, I read the actual, I listened to the actual quote from Conce, and he said he's like Bumgarner because he's big, he's lefty, he likes to hunt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey.
2: Does I'm he like, like dirt bike
1: a lot I'm too? Like, you took that quote and said he was a mix. It was so. I was like, oh, I'm going to throw that quote away. But uh, Muller seems like, I mean, he came over in the um, the Sean Murphy trade. Um, right. Someone they seem to like and people really liked him AAA last year. He's not a, you know, he's not, he's not like every guy's ever going to be a one or a two, but like, I think his it kind of profiles like a solid three for them. And I think that uh, they've got, they've got a lot of guys, but none of them are really good. I think that Muller's going to get a chance to pitch pretty soon. I think he's going to be pretty decent. I think that, uh, I think he'll be a good kind of fill-in bench starter that maybe, maybe is a guy that you can use a little more than that in the second half.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't count out J.P. Sears yet either. That um, was the other name
1: I was thinking. I couldn't think of the last name. That was the name yeah. you're right. Speaking and of speaking of, Yan- speaking like of Yankees trades.
2: And Caprillion seems like that's uh, that shoulder is a big problem again. So. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're,
1: they're trying to get him around. And if he's, if he gets to healthy, they probably give him a spot, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think we're a step away from that. At the
2: moment. I know we're doing starting pitchers, but it is A's talk time. So who's their closer?
1: It's a really good question. I mean, the funny thing is the A's don't pay anybody and they pay Trevor may pretty decently. Um, yeah. I tend to think they'll probably mix and match a little bit, but I think may is probably the one that gets, uh, gets the, the brunt of it early on. You look at, uh, you know he was pretty good in twenty twenty one. He was a three six ERA, one two six WHIP, uh, big strikeout rate in in uh, the majors in twenty twenty one. Did pitch a lot last year, only twenty five innings. Um, I think it's May to start, but I think it's a uh, maybe him two thirds of the time, mix it around. I think it's a committee, but uh, May would be the guy that I pick for the first first outing. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Guy, I want to. i to ask you about uh, kind of since we're sticking in the in the young guy range. A guy that got a little bit of a uh, little bit of spice uh, yesterday is Mackenzie Gore. Was throwing 96 in his uh, his outing for the Nats. Um, former third overall pick, obviously a really, really, really good uh, high level pedigree prospect. He was traded. He was in the Juan Soto trade, right? Yes. Yes, he um, was. Not good in the majors last year, uh, 20 to 70 innings, 4.4 ERA, 1.47 uh, whip. The walk rate was really a problem, 12%. Uh, are you in on uh, the McKenzie Gore pedigree here? The ninety six in spring training, 80 uh, piece, 370. I assume that's going up a little bit after, after yesterday, but uh, where are you on this uh, formerly, uh, formerly high, highly regarded prospect?
2: Uh, I mean, he got hurt so many times. And then he got hurt again last year. I mean, he was like, he was super trendy in draft season, like the last week or two yeah. of draft season last year. Uh, and he was fine until he got hurt. Yeah, but then he got hurt. And that was, that's kind of the point. And then you look like, he was great. Oh, and he had a 147 whip. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's going to be on a team. Speaking of no wins, uh, which I, I think the Nats lineup might be more depressing than the A's. They're uh, both,
1: uh, they're both, both plus 280 for uh, most losses in the major in major leagues. They are the two, I guess you call them the favorites. I don't know, leaders the right in or... the
2: clubhouse. You I leaders think in the Reds clubhouse. are going to give them a good, strong run for their money. Too. Oh, the Reds
1: will be better. The Reds will be better. Yeah,
2: definitely clearly better.
1: The Nationals lineup is bad. You're right. I'm just, yeah. I just, I knew it was, but I'm looking at it. It's, it's, it's gross.
2: Abandon all wins, ye who enter here.
1: Heimer Candelero is hitting fourth.
2: Oh, that, that's just don't, <laughs> just don't. It's a stop. Yeah. Wow, it's bad. They want to at least you know what At least they have the trophy You know they
1: do. It's crazy that they won it in what was that 2018
2: Yeah it wasn't that and long they ago
1: Nobody yeah. left from that team Strasburg's still there uh, they again Jeff, <laughs> they have nobody left from that team. I mean, so and they're young guys too. Soto, Turner, rendon I mean, scherzer's is obviously not young, but I mean everybody's gone. It's
2: wild. The, the Soto thing is because that was supposed to be like the bridge from that, you know, that yeah. team, you know, team to the next great Nats team. They've had some bad luck. Um, you know, seeing like uh who's the prospect uh shortstop? Carter Keyboom getting oh, yeah. him getting hurt and not developing, Victor Robles not developing. You know, they're counting on some of the things like that happen that they, they gave the long term contract to Corbin and Corbin didn't work out. He got he blew up immediately after that. Uh, and that was to the you know, and that's to the exclusion of like keeping Rendon, for instance, there. they you know, I, I don't know if it was to exclusion. Like they chose to go you know, Corbin over Rendon. Maybe Rendon just left. Uh, but point is, they didn't keep him. And yeah. And not that Rendon's been good. He's been hurt a lot with the Angels, but uh, you know, they just lost everybody. They, you know, and they kinda I mean, they had veterans like Howie Kendrick was never gonna stick around, you know. Yeah. Adam Eaton was not a building block. He he worked out for that year.
1: And Justin Mason, the chat he was actually twenty nineteen, and that's when the National world Series. So even even a year closer, that's just that's wild. Yes. Some of the chat asked who's hitting fourth for the A's. I, I, I assume it's probably Jesus Aguilar. Uh, and, uh, you know, Seth Brown hits third, Aguilar hits fourth. And Langoliers probably hits fifth, something like that. But uh yeah. Probably better than heimer Candelario.
2: Maybe, arguably. Yeah.
1: Arguably. Um, another guy, since we're talking Nats, uh Josiah Gray was someone that uh, had a lot of buzz last year. He was a big prospect over in the uh from the Dodgers and was that the Scherzer trade? Probably the Scherzer trade.
0: Uh
1: trade, trade uh, turner yes, trade Turner and Scherzer were the same trade, right? Otherwise. Yes, they were. Um, rough 2022 for Josiah Graham, formerly a really big prospect for uh, for the Dodgers. Uh, Cincinnati first, then the Dodgers. Um, 5.02 ERA, 1.36 whip. Swing, sw- swing, strike weight fell off pretty badly from 2020. He only, he only threw 70 in 2020, but fell off pretty badly. 14.1%, 11.4%. You and I talked about great last year. Like, look at the swing, strike rate, look at the strikeouts. Like, this is coming pretty quick. Um, they didn't come and the, the walks stayed. So that's a problem there. Uh, ton of hard contact, too. A ton of over, home runs. Yeah, yeah. rate is over 10%. His home runs are over two per, like, usually, like, high ones per nine or mid ones per nine is really good. He's over two per nine each of the last two seasons. He gives him a ton of home a ton of fly balls, 49% fly ball rate. As I got deeper into Josiah Gray, I think he's just, he's due to explode any outing. I don't, I don't think I want any part of this. If
2: I recall correctly, he was reasonable in the first half and just blew up over the second half. I don't know if that that doesn't really that that's not a an argument in favor of you're that. Right. He was him. you're right
1: though. He was four four in the first half and over six in the second half.
2: Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. Uh. That that's a concern, but uh, uh, you know,
1: I, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll watch. I'll root for him from afar. Twenty seven percent strike rate in the first half. Eighteen point seven percent in the second half.
2: Yeah. No play for Mister Gray is what we're saying here.
1: Wow, I actually got that reference. Um yeah, that's uh that's a rough fall off and I just I would be concerned about what was going on there. Uh what about in Yankee Land? Uh what happens now that uh you know Frankie Montas is is done uh for this season he's having surgery on his shoulder? Uh, it looks like Domingo Herman may uh, slide into that uh, into that fifth uh, spot, you know, the previously uh a guy who's been been good for them, been in their rotation before. His is on the rise. Uh, when I when I did this uh, looked at this last week it was like 430s. Now he's 407. Uh, 3.61, 116 ERA in 2022 across his 72 innings. The strikeout rate has really fallen off with Herman, with though. He's got 27% in 2018, 26% in 2019, 24% in 2021, under 20% last year. Uh, swing and strike rate really crashed last year. 14.5% in 2021, 11.3% in 2022. But pick 400, uh, potential for a lot of wins if he sticks in the rotation. Are you, uh, are you willing to take a chance on Domingo Herman?
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, at that price, I'm almost willing to take a chance on anyone. He's really uh, a
1: really good whip guy. Even the even in 2021 was the ERA was over four and a half. His whip was one one eight. Um, just in walk guys, you know, the walk rate's about six and a half percent each of the last three years. Uh, but weirdly really good whip guy the last three years, and that's hard to find late in drafts too.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I would say,
1: yeah, I I I I would think though
2: that the Yankees won't be content with just staying with him. I think they'll try to improve on that. Yeah. i think now that up
1: b- before the season or are you're saying like at the at the at the trade deadline
2: yeah probably by the trade deadline okay. if you if not sooner um if they can i mean i he i he could turn in a season like you know he he's capable of having that big season but i, I think he'll have a pretty short leash is what i'm trying to say uh not, if he gets not, off to a bad start they'll find somebody else and it could be little. Luis Heel coming back from injury later on uh could be a prospect i i just I, I think that, you know, and we'll see. I mean, Nestor Cortez is dealing with a hammy right now, too. They might give Clark Schmidt another chance. Uh, I, I think that there'll be some fluidity here in this situation.
1: You answered the question before I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you who you thought. That if they had to be coming up, there was like a huge prospect. I guess it's, it's probably Clark Schmidt that would be the next next lineup if they wanted to go with someone else.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, most of their pro- top prospects are all hitters, though. You know, yeah. they have a l- number of top 100 prospects, and they're all hitters.
1: Uh, Jason Dominguez, you got Volpe, uh, Peraza, and Cabrera. They got, they got a lot of, yeah. uh, Austin Wells. You know, they do have a lot of. They got a lot of guys coming up. That's uh, that's just not fair. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about. It kind of goes with the uh, Andrew Painter discussion we had earlier. Uh, Bailey Falter is way down here too. We're talking. Uh, we, we I, I kind of paired him with Herman because you're looking for cheap wins. You're looking for guys on really good offenses that aren't going to hurt you in the ratios. Now, um, Falter last year was decent. He was 386, 1.21 uh, whip. He's not a strikeout guy, but he is a control guy. His walk rate was under 5% last year. That helps with the whip. But he only 21, 21.2% strikeout guy, although he's he 29% in the minors, so maybe there's a little more coming there. His stat cast page is rough. There's not a lot to love there. He only throws 91, except the walk rate. The walk rate's obviously really good there, but the rest of it's pretty blue. Has a 30% uh, whiff rate on his curve and slider, so maybe get a f- few more strikeouts um he just feels like a guy to me like maybe a streamer for cheap wins but i was i would find it hard to get too excited about him
2: yeah and you know i wonder if the shift rules protected a team like the phillies who have two corner outfielders that don't exhibit a whole lot of range uh but if you protect the ball from getting to them for prevent them from having to cover too much ground yeah well then it's okay and then maybe that ballpark helps them a little bit too as far as it goes but I almost wonder, like, a pitch-to-contact guy gets hurt a little bit more uh, under the new shift rules, and Falter strikes me as that type of guy that could get hurt by that.
1: So It's a, actually a really interesting point because we've talked so much about hitters, how they're affected by the shifts. We don't really hear people talk about pitchers as much. You're right. A, a contact guy, uh, you know, it's, that, that could be tough, with uh, especially with their defense, like you mentioned, the left and right field. That's, uh, that's an interesting point. I like that.
2: Yeah. And it's not like Hoskins covers a lot of ground at first base either. By the way, Hoskins might not be ready for the start of the season. You saw that note. Uh, He had a meniscus thing repaired in the offseason. They just disclosed that now. And he's not going to play spring training games to the end of the week. He may be fine. Yeah. But this seems like one of those sneaky reveals that you're like, uh oh.
1: The Starling Marte one was weird too. Like it was like he had some kind of leg thing. Double groin
2: surgery. Double
1: groin. Like that does not sound like a fun surgery, by the way. No. Double groin is like, there's not much that sounds a lot worse than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird how we get the sneaky, like just the, 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 the drops like that. Uh, before we jump out of here real quick, just a few quick, uh, late relievers. I wanted to ask you about uh, who you after pick two twenty five. are there any like particular relievers? You're like, you know what? I really want to get this guy. Or is there anybody you're really targeting here in this? Uh, I guess we'll call it the second half of the draft that, uh, you, you like as a, as, as a sneaky closer guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, you put up uh, a pretty good list there. Uh, you know, uh, and I, I wanted to say Fairbanks, but he's not going that late. He's yeah, going one ninety four now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think Carlos Estevez is interesting, but we mentioned the the competitions that kid uh, Ben Jacobs out of uh, you know University of Tennessee.
1: Ben Joyce.
2: Uh, ben Joyce. Why did I say yeah. Jacobs? I don't know. Um, I'm who's weird. Ben there
1: Jacobs. Was... Is that someone? Uh,
2: probably was maybe a Reds prospect of yours. Running back like for the
1: like oh, running back the Giants is Brandon Jacobs, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who's the guy that. There was a Ben something or other that the Reds traded to Philly, um, and then he went to Korea, and then he came back. Uh, good story. Uh, ben Grieve? No, he's a pitcher. I was
1: I was sure Ben Grieve was making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, way.
2: I do like Carlos Estevez, by the way. Um, and Matt Gibson brought him up. I do like him, but yeah, I mean that the, the competition is the kid. Uh, but I think Estevis, I mean, the Angels made a point of going and getting him now getting out of Colorado is not necessarily a panacea it's almost like Colorado permanently ruins the pitcher sometimes you now you're like oh Ubaldo's finally out of Colorado he's gonna be Ubaldo. amazing he wasn't amazing um it's just one example but Hampton was never that great after leaving Colorado either I, I know I, my, my references are all very topical but um I, I point is it's not necessarily like okay he's fine he's safe now but Estevez can pitch he can he can be okay at times so I think he'll, but they also have plenty of options and Nevin will drive you crazy. Yeah. So that, you know, as much as I like him, I'm not like, Oh yeah. All in on him.
1: Yeah. I think the, the all in on the step is because of the fact that I think he's probably the first guy to get the job. I don't, I looked at him as a pitcher. I'm just kind of okay on him. 20% strikeout rate does not fire me up for a closer. Uh, he just, uh, I don't know. He's, he seems just okay to me. I looked at his pitches and you know, his, he throws uh, 70% fastballs. The whiff rate's only 21%. The slider only gets a 21% whiff rate, too. Like, I don't think the fastballs are coming at all. At point.
2: Yeah, that, I Yeah. I mean, the strikeouts, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree um, about that. Uh, Evan Phillips was on your outline. I love Ooh. the skills. Man, I, I don't trust the role. because, and, and a lot of people are saying, you know, the, the closer is going to be someone not on the roster. I could see that happening. I mean, last year they traded for Kimbrel super late. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year, right? For AJ uh, Pollock,
1: I, man, time goes fly. I think, yeah, you're. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think, uh, yeah, we were in Palm Springs for like
2: two days. Uh, just no, it was 2021. 20,
1: 2021. 20, he was he was with the Dodgers all year last year.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. So
1: he was like he was moved. He moved way up in draft prices last year. That he was he was like the six or seven closer draft last year.
2: Yeah. No, the trade to the Dodgers. That's the one I'm talking about. Was yeah, last that, was, year.
1: that was 2021. He pitched. He, he was all year with the Dodgers last year. I thought it was he,
2: tra- he was in trade in spring training, wasn't he?
1: Unless, uh, uh, uh oh, it could, could be spring training. Oh, you're right. It wasn't spring training. I was thinking during the season. He got traded during the season, in 2021. But you're right. The Dodgers was spring training last year. You're right.
2: Yeah. Okay. It was that's, too-
1: that's when his price spiked.
2: Yeah, he was traded to the yeah. White Sox the year before in season. Yeah, you're right. You know, from I Cubs. was
1: looking at I was looking at the two teams in 2021. But you're right. It was it was spring training last year. That's right. For the and great Nick
2: is- Nick Madrigal. Um, uh, yeah. the, the, it was the Cubs to White Sox trade I was gonna Madrigal's out of a job now. It's kind of, he was going to hit
1: three forty for his whole career. Yeah.
2: And I, that and that's why I missed on Steven Nick Madrigal is why I missed on Steven Kwan last year. Cause like, oh, know. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's Madrigal writ large, but no, Kwan's actually a legitimate, real good hitter. Yeah. You're days. right.
1: That's right. I remember now you remember that like Kimball went, Kimball got moved up and then he just went flying up ADP. Cause obviously yep. the Dodgers closer. Uh, I love, I mean, I love Evan Phillips. His ADP is 235. So that's about the 16th round. I just, I think it's definitely committed to starting LA. It'd have to be like someone really wins a job. The problem is that Daniel Hudson's really good too. Daniel Hudson was, you know, 222.9 uh, whip last year with 31% rate K, right? Now. I only get through 24 innings, but you look at 2021. 51 innings, he was 3-3-1, 108, with a 36% strikeout rate. So, like, yeah. as much as you look at Evan Phillips, and, like, he's over to the 90% on, like, every stat cast metric across the board, you know, his slider is unbelievable, 42% whiff rate, he throws that 44% of the time. He's awesome, but, I mean, Daniel Hudson's a really good option, too. They just, they're just, it's, I think they're going to go, kind of, it's getting, getting saves is going to be frustrating with those guys.
2: Yeah, Bruisedar is good, too. I yeah. mean.
1: what's the Dodgers, they just, everybody they throw out there is freaking I good. I think I will have a little Evan Phillips, though.
2: At that price,
1: so that price is round sixteen. So you figure you probably if you do it, is you have to be your third closer. You're, I guess you're it's probably going to be your 2nd You're not going to have two closers. Honestly,
2: night. I might take it. You know, I'm doing the twelve, uh the RotoWire Online Championship tomorrow night. I'm more inclined to take that chance than the twelve because if you don't, if you miss there, it's not as harmful. And it's but round if you hit,
1: twenty. Round twenty, it's your third guy, and if it hits, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, I um, like
2: that too. Yeah, it could be Hudson's the guy, but Hudson's coming off an injury. I'm not guaranteed on that. Justin thinks Justin Mason thinks it's going to be Hudson. I don't, um, I
1: just don't think there's going to be a guy. I think that there's going to be mixing and matching. I think Hudson and Phillips will be the ones who get the most opportunities, but I think it's going to mix and match pretty good.
2: Yeah. I mean, it did cost them last year in the playoffs that they didn't have a guy. Uh, although,
1: I think they would love to have a guy in the by like August that they're like, all right, this is me, the one thrown out but there. But the
2: guy they traded for was supposed to be the guy was Kimberl, who lost the job in the end of the regular season. In fact, they lost it in September. You know, you're a team that had 100 plus wins you know trades their closer out in september i mean that's you never see that happening
1: yeah he was uh that was the, that was the king pure king craig trimble experience last year that was every time he came in you just felt a little nervous last guy i want to ask you about before we jump out of here uh, someone who's getting a little bit of buzz and moving up in adp is in chicago with reynaldo lopez um obviously liam hendricks uh, has the health issue he's uh he's dealing with uh kendall graveman is kind of the presumed next guy up but Bernardo Lopez is interesting. He's someone that people loved as a starter like five, four or five years ago, and just never fully worked out. Uh, but you look at him as a reliever over the last two years. They converted him to a reliever in 2021. He made he was all starts in 2020. Um, but last year, 65 innings as a reliever. Uh, He's made, he made one start, but I think it was like an opener kind of start. Um, 2.76 ERA, 0.95 whip, 25% strikeout rate. Good doesn't jump off the page, but you look at the walk rate, 4.3%. Yeah. That's really nice, but the swing strike rate. 13.9%. You look at velocity. It's got like through 94, 95 average fastball last year was 97.1. Like is clearly a move to the bullpen gassed out for any kind of guy. And it, it's really just back-to-back years, of the whip under one. Um, I think this is someone who's going to move before we get to main event drafts. His ADP right now, the last three weeks is three seventy. He is not getting past the se- the second break. I think he's going in the, in the, uh, in the late two hundreds, somewhere in there. I think people are going to really jump on Reynaldo Lopez, Looking at the pitching spot here, I mean Kendall Grayman is just okay. I you know he had that stint with Seattle where he was throwing you know ninety nine mile an hour pitches with movement, but Kendall Grayman is not scare me as someone that's going to like keep and hold that job. If he does end up getting the job, the whip last year was one four. Like that's really rough for a closer. Too many guys on base. Um, I think Lopez is going to be moving, and I think I'm, I'm willing to take the shot on it as he moves up. Dude, walk rate at like four percent last year. Yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, it's just-
2: you just single handedly moved him like. Fifty picks up right there if, this if is the strike if only
1: i had that power that would be nice
2: oh you have that power you just yeah. know how to use it wisely i there.
1: could i could get victor robles back in the top 100 if i had that
2: power. <laughs> so so fast can make your head spin yeah, yeah. reynaldo lopez over jorge lopez let's put it that way um yeah uh, i agree there uh i i you know give i think a lot of people do i mean let's face it you uh duran uh duran goes before lopez anyhow as the case may be um, I think he does at least. Jorge is at two sixty five since February first in all NFBC drafts, uh, and Duran is at yeah one fifty four. Yeah, he's it's not even close. Um, yeah, but yeah, I put some respect on Reynolds' name. I'm with you on that one there.
1: I think this is it's gonna be a, he's gonna be a mover. I'm not I'm not breaking out. There's a lot of people that do like him. I've seen some some people tweet about him, but I mean you give me a whip under one last two years. Uh, he's clearly a much different guy as a reliever, and I think he's going to end up being the one. If I had to bet on most saves in the Sugar Bowl, pen, it for me, it'd be, it'd be Randall Lopez. Yep. Anybody else, pitcher-wise, you want to talk about? The funny thing is I thought we were going to combine this in last week, and it turned out to be his own podcast. There's a lot, a lot of late pitchers to talk about. Uh, anybody else that was on your mind that we didn't hit? I tried to hit the most interesting kind of fun ones to talk about.
2: No, I, I think we're pretty good, and we, you know, it saves us for future podcasts when something else comes up and catches our eye.
1: Uh, we will definitely have plenty of that. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to uh, Fantrax Dra- Fan and Underdog for their sponsorship of the podcast uh, this preseason. We really, really appreciate them for that. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensted. Uh, we'll be on there talking, talking a lot of baseball here over the next month uh, as uh, as drafts really, really get going. I know I always say that, but drafts are really getting going right now. We're talking about a lot of signups. Uh, TG FBI starts tomorrow. Yes, Jeff? Yeah. Yogurt is going. What, what spot are you drafting in yogurt? Uh, 15. Okay. Are you happy with that? Uh, I am because it's a slow draft and I put uh, the turns at the top on purpose.
2: (laughs) Ah, so smart. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm drafting third. I think I'm happy with that. We'll see where, which way I go. I mean, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to go, which way I'm going to go with that. I, I, if I don't have any Julio in my life yet, so I might go that way. If it comes to me, we'll see. Otherwise.
1: I uh, I'm hoping to get some KDS up there in the main events just so I can do that exact thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to yogurt starting um, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. Good. Got a good league uh, DJ shorts, right, right before me in the draft. So that's a tough guy to n- have right next to me, but like uh, a lot of, a lot of good players in the league. I buy, I don't want to exclude anybody by, you know, omitting someone so i feel say, like that was
1: a shot at everybody not named dj short in your league that felt like a challenge to the well it's just because
2: he's drafting immediately before me that's all <laughs> but kidding. yes
1: uh yeah i do uh, i know myself in slow drafts i know i get frustrated so i decided to uh, do something about that and actually uh, uh put uh, change by kds for that so i actually do like the end of the draft so i think it's going to be an interesting build from back there i do uh, i love the first two guys i i'm hoping to get a pitcher and a hitter but uh, we'll see how it goes
2: yeah. I'm, I always pride myself on being very calm and patient about it and then tweeting about it like in that 37 seconds later when yeah. I'm yeah. getting I was a like, patient, call patient
1: about it. And then after four minutes, you text me, telling yes. me how slow, how slow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm you such know. a hypocrite. I am. Uh, I'm just fully admitting that I'm a, uh, I'm a miserable, uh, you know, uh, someone who has not have a, lot, a lot of patience for much.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to have like, I'm going to have like yogurt FSGA. And then I think is Slam starts this, is this, start this week or next week. I, it's it's soon. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's usually a week after. Yeah. uh, And I'll I'll just, yeah, I'm going to try to be very good about it. Uh, No promises though. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening. We do really appreciate it. We'll be back at you uh, next Sunday night talking a ton more baseball. So hope everybody has a really good week and take care.